Welcome to Hoosier Ag This Week. I'm Eric Pfeiffer from Hoosier Ag Today with the biggest news from this past week in Indiana and U.S. agriculture. On today's show, you'll meet the lone full-time farmer in the Indiana House of Representatives. You'll find out what one Indiana company is doing to tackle the big yield-robbing problem that is tar spot. And Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin will have his Indiana farm forecast. Andy Eubank joins me now. Andy, welcome to the weekend show. And we are getting geared up for the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo. It's just a couple of weeks away. And hello, Eric. That show is presented by AgriFinancial and Reynolds Farm Equipment. We've been previewing a lot of what you can expect to see at the Expo come December 13, 14, and 15. We think it will be a very good show, slightly different here and there from a year ago, but it was a good show last year, and we have some good things planned for the coming Expo as well. We've had just rave reviews from exhibitors and attendees alike about that venue, Westfield's Grand Park. It's been a fantastic place to be. And again, we head there the 13th through the 15th. And Andy, can you tell us a little bit more about something new coming to this year's expo that's happening on the 15th, the last day? It is an agricultural career fair that we're featuring. If a career in ag might be of interest to you, then come visit with the companies who are looking for help. The expo has partnered with the Indiana State Department of Agriculture on the career fair December 15th at Grand Park in Westfield. Indiana State Department of Ag Director Bruce Kettler hopes this can be a small piece to the labor puzzle in Indiana. Whether it's on the farm or farm equipment dealers, suppliers, crop input suppliers, they all say the same thing. And it's one of the reasons we felt it was, uh, I was excited that you're going to have a career fair because I think everybody understands the need for, for good people, for qualified people. And so being able to have that at the Farm Equipment Expo is just, a, I think it's a great tie-in for what we hear from all the folks that we talk to. Kettler and employers have been concerned about the length of this labor shortage. And that's what concerns me is, you know, some Sometimes you might hear people say, oh, yeah, things are getting a little better. Supply chains may be improving a little bit. The labor piece of this is does not seem to be getting much better for anybody. But for someone looking for a great job in agriculture, there are excellent options. I think that's why the career fair was an important part to us as a department to try to maybe find a way for us to be able to get to a little different crowd, people that we would talk to, our stakeholders within the department. Absolutely. I mean, it does present some real opportunities. Indiana Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch adds that agriculture contributes more than $31 billion to the Hoosier economy. For that reason, she says, it's critical to help the Hoosier ag industry find staff. The one-day career fair at the Indiana Farm Expo is Thursday, December 15, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Grand Park Events Center in Westfield, Indiana. That's the expo home for the second year. Among those who will be set up and talking with prospective employees, Series Solutions, the Indiana State Department of Agriculture, USDA offices from NRCS and FSA, Kokomo Grain, Bain Welker, also Reynolds Farm Equipment, Seed Genetics Direct, Farm Credit Mid-America, and AgriFinancial, among others. More on the Expo at indianafarmexpo.com. All right, Andy, thanks. We'll check in with you in just a few moments for a look at the markets. American Soybean Association Director, Indiana Soybean Alliance Director, Jasper County Commissioner, Indiana Farm Bureau Vice President, all titles that Rensselaer farmer Kendall Culp has held or currently holds. 
but now he's trying to get used to a new title. I hear a few people calling me representative, and I'm not quite used to that title yet, but uh, hopefully I can do good things for my district, my community, and certainly for Indiana agriculture. That is Culp, the lone full-time farmer in the Indiana House of Representatives. He spoke with me just shortly before being sworn in on Organization Day at the State House a couple of weeks ago. Culp now serves House District 16 in the General Assembly, which includes Portia which includes portions of Jasper, Pulaski, Stark, and White Counties. 2023 is a budget year. Culp says 50% of that budget is for K-12 education, and he'll be focusing on how to help rural schools as part of that budget process. He'll also be looking at other ways to help rural communities. We need to have access to health care in our, in our rural areas. Um, as, a, as a former, just recently, former Jasper County Commissioner, uh, we've, we've, we are trying to uh, make sure we have a, a reliable, steady funding source for uh, EMS, ambulance service, um, fire, um, volunteer fire departments in these rural areas are having a hard time getting staffed up and getting enough volunteers to respond to fires and things that we've always taken for granted in the past um, in our communities may not be there in the future. Another issue he hopes to tackle surrounds simplifying sales taxes for agricultural producers. If you buy a mower and mow your pasture, that's sales tax exempt. If you mow your roadsides, it's not exempt. If you use a front-end loader to clean out your barn, it's exempt. If you scoop up stone and put on your driveway, it's not exempt. We need to smooth some of those out and clarify some of those exemptions. Colt believes if you file a Schedule F with your taxes, you're an agricultural producer and you should be exempt from those tax situations. Hear more from Colt in the full hat interview at HoosierAgToday.com. Every five years, USDA undertakes the significant task of getting information from literally every farmer in the U.S. in their census of agriculture. It's really our, our one shot at getting, you know, the most comprehensive, uniform information, not only for our nation, but for every state and every county. That's Barbara Rader, the director of the Census of Agriculture for USDA Statistics Service. The more robust and the more information we have, um, the better decisions that are made that impact our farmers and producers. So we take that very seriously. Raider says mailings went out last week to every farmer across the U.S. that sold over $1,000 in product this year. Talking about the census and giving each person that receives a letter a code that allows them to go online and complete the census online. Raider says going online is the best way to complete the survey. It's the most efficient, it's secure. It's convenient. USDA will still be mailing out over 3 million paper surveys by mail. For those not wanting to complete the information online, USDA officials are hopeful you'll get that information back to them by mid-February. More farm news coming up here on the weekend show, but for now, let's turn our attention to the markets and check back in with Andy Eubank. Thanks, Eric. It was more liquidation in corn and wheat, but soybeans bounced just a little. Right at the end of trade, I checked in for market analysis with Brian Basting at Advanced Trading. Let's start with soybeans, which on Thursday sold off significantly under pressure from soybean oil. Was that sell-off with this higher move on Friday maybe just a bit overdone? It feels like it was a bit overdone, Andy. We had uh, some news out regarding the uh, renewable fuels uh, projections for the next few years here in the market. Had more of a knee-jerk reaction. Maybe it wasn't wasn't quite what they were expecting in terms of the volumes of, of fuel there, but um, it, it feels like it was a bit overdone there on, on Thursday, and, and we're seeing a bit of a recovery on Friday. Still a lot of weather concern uh, as we speak here, Andy, in Argentina. So 
some very warm temperatures uh, moving in next week for the crops down there. Friday, corn and wheat futures tacked on to their Thursday losses in a pretty significant way. Why? I think we'll start with corn, Andy, and we're looking at a very weak export program. And the USDA supply-demand report out is on Friday, uh, December 9th. We anticipate the USDA to reduce the U.S. export forecast from its 2150, that's 2.150 billion bushel forecast in November. We just start seeing the sales volume and the shipment volume to justify that number. Brian Basting, economist at Advanced Trading, you can find him at 309-664-2314. Now, settlements from Friday, 15 cents down on December corn, 635. March, 646 and a quarter, 14 and a quarter lower. A jump in beans, January, 1438 and a half, up eight and three quarters. March, up nine and three quarters, 1446 and a half. And December wheat, 730 seven and a quarter down 21 and a half the meats did go higher february live cattle 155.87 up 45 february lean hogs 90.42 up 122 you're up to date now on the markets i'm andy eubank on who's your ag this week everyone wants energy independence reliability and security most hoosiers see solar as a homegrown energy source that is clean reliable and affordable Solar energy strengthens our communities by providing millions of dollars for local needs, while farmers and landowners receive stable, long-term benefits. Our path to energy independence is through renewable energy. Learn more at HoosiersForRenewables.com. Come and see the future at the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo, December 13 through 15, Grand Park Event Center, Westfield, Indiana. See the equipment and inputs you will need in 2023 and the technology you will farm with in 2033. Free admission, free parking, free seminars, and on December 14, free breakfast. The Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo, December 13 through 15, Grand Park Event Center, Westfield. Details at indianafarmexpo.com. After temperatures yo-yo a little bit, we're going to be settling in for a colder-than-normal stretch of weather. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Who's Your Ag Today's Weekend Indiana Farm Forecast Edition. As we take a look at the setup here, we've been yo-yoing back and forth over the past few days. We had our another taste of a very chilly air temperatures moderating then and as we go through the weekend we're going to be seeing a lot of clouds around for your saturday those clouds are going to be giving maybe a few spits and sprinkles but overall not a lot of moisture i think that we clear out as we move into the second half of the weekend tomorrow thanks to canadian high pressure but it's also chilly. We see sunshine and cooler than normal temperatures for your Sunday. We keep the chill around into Monday as well. This upcoming week is also interesting in that we're seeing a definite north versus south kind of scenario. One system wants to move across areas like Arkansas, Tennessee, Kentucky, northern Alabama, northern Mississippi as we start off the week. Most of the moisture stays well to the south of the Ohio River, but I think we have to watch for clouds to increase over southern Indiana later on Monday afternoon, and we can see some rain trying to get into the southern part of the state, I-70 southward, overnight Monday night into Tuesday. And then we see an unsettled weather forecast pattern in those same areas Wednesday and Thursday. It's not like we're seeing significant moisture come through, but we see an active precipitation track coming out of east Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and moving across the Tennessee Valley just enough that 
I don't want to completely rule out the chance of showers for your Wednesday and Thursday, once again, mostly south of I-70. That means northern Indiana doesn't see a lot of precipitation, but I also think that from I-70 north, we have to keep an eye out for, well, first of all, plenty of clouds for that uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday time frame. We may, may not be socked in with clouds all day, but we can easily see offshoot clouds from this southern branch of moisture get up here. And the other thing that we have to watch for is the odd shower or two. And then begs the question, are we looking at rain or snow through this week? Well, there's enough mild air pushing northward that a large part of the state is probably looking at rain. We're not going to be above normal on our temperatures, but there's cool air just pooling not too far to the north as well. I think this could be a week of yo-yoing back and forth. Cold air incursions from the north. Warm air tries to rebound back up from the south. Long and short of it is we have no significant threat of precipitation, like a big front coming through until next weekend, the 10th and the 11th. That's when we see rain totals of anywhere from a half to one and a half inches that can move through Indiana. Yes, it is rain, and it's followed by a significant downturn in temperatures for the 12th and 13th to start that week. That's a look at your forecast. Have a good weekend. I'm Ryan Martin. For generations, Indiana farmers have grown crops to supply our country. Now, a new crop is on the horizon, solar power. A huge majority of Hoosiers support the right of farmers to use their land as they please. And all across Indiana, more than 120 renewable energy projects are sprouting. Solar energy also helps us stay energy independent, generating electrons right here on Hoosier soil. Learn more at HoosiersForRenewables.com. Have you ever considered a career in agriculture? There are dozens of agribusinesses that have opportunities to work in this exciting field. These are high-paying positions with on-the-job training and advancement. On December 15th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Grand Park in Westfield, Indiana, these companies will be on hand for the Indiana Ag Career Fair. Come talk with these organizations. Then walk the show floor of the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo and experience the world of agribusiness. December 15th at Grand Park in Westfield, more details at indianafarmexpo.com. Welcome back to Hoosier Ag This Week. I'm Eric Pfeiffer from Hoosier Ag Today. And with Harvest now clearly in the rearview mirror, seed companies have had weeks now to analyze yield data from trials and customers alike to find out how they performed in 2022. Don Garrels, Pioneer's marketing lead for U.S. soybeans, told Hatt. Things have gone really well in a lot of geographies, but specifically in that Indiana, Ohio, Michigan region, we saw some great yields this fall, especially on those A-series Enlist E3 beans. So we saw early adoption the last couple years on Enlist E3 in that geography. Farmers really liked the technology and the weed control. What they were waiting for was those exclusive Pioneer high-performing genetics, and that's what we brought this year in, in kind of intro volumes for 22 and the early orders we're seeing based on harvest results folks want them for 23 so we're really excited about it. Garrel says farmers are also sharing in their excitement about plenish high oleic soybeans. In the past farmers would see a yield drag in moving to plenish but that gap has closed significantly. Now, Garrel says growers tell them. It's kind of a no-brainer at this point. You get a premium from these processors, and like you said, the yield's there. These are A-series genetics for us. We're bringing new products forward. We just advanced four more of them, so you're not leaving anything on the table with yield. It's a soft IP product, so it's pretty easy to manage. You just have to take it to a specific delivery location, which we've got a lot of them now with ADM and Bungie in the geography. Um, when you put those premiums on, farmers are telling us, yeah, I don't know why I'd plant anything else at this 
point. And demand for high-oleic soybeans continues to rise as restaurants and health-conscious consumers are seeking it out. You can learn more about Plenish Soybeans at Pioneer's website and more about the premiums that go along with growing them at the United Soybean Board's website. And you can find a link to both on our website, HoosierAgToday.com. Running your farm operation is more expensive now than ever before. C.J. Miller reports on several things you can do as you plan your farm budget for 2023. Right now, everything a farming operation touches is inflated. And that's Thomas Etherly, Ag Business Advisor with Pinion. Even though you're likely getting more money for your grain and livestock, you're also having to pay a lot more for everything else. Even though commodity prices are in an all-time high and higher than they've been in the past, it all comes down back to a farm's profit margin. And right now, the outlook is very thin for margin. He says your profit margins were likely leveled out by the rising cost of diesel fuel inputs and repairs. Fuel costs rose tremendously. As we're tying out our numbers, overall, looks like we will be around 8 to 12% over budget. Repairs, looks like we're going to end up around 30% over due to supply chain shortages and cost of inflation. And then we have interest rates. Farmers need to understand what the opportunity cost is for borrowing money. Etherly recommends several things that farmers can do right now to protect themselves from the possibility of lower commodity prices or higher expenses in 2023. We're encouraging our growers to save their working capital and understand how to use their own money to operate off of putting off some of those big capital expenditure projects until next year, save money on interest by not borrowing it, meaning that we'd like to operate on as much of our own money as possible. Don't hire out any work that we can do ourselves. Farming is already an extremely hard and labor-intensive business, and we know that working smart and utilizing your assets will pay off. Take a profit if the market gives it to you. Business owners cannot afford to strike out when the cost of growing crop is the highest we've seen in a long time. We want to encourage all of our farmers to really nail down their costs, look at their cash flow, and make every dollar count. Read more tips at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm C.J. Miller. All right, C.J., thanks. We've told you already about the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo and how it's coming to Westfield's Grand Park here in just a couple of weeks, December 13th through the 15th. And as the name suggests, equipment and technology are the focus of the show. Chad Colby owns Colby Ag Tech, and you might know him from television's This Week in Agribusiness, where he's often featured. He'll be presenting again at this year's expo, discussing the practical technology that can be used now on the farm, like phones and drones. And then let's talk about what's coming down the road and what are those items and are those items that can help the farm. And maybe your farm's looking at a new dryer and you want to update the electronics on your dryer. I know a lot of guys are looking at that right now. There's just a lot of great solutions and events like this give farmers an opportunity to talk about it and start making plans for their farm. And Colby emphasizes making plans for your farm. He says one difference between now and 10 years ago is that you do have to plan for the technology that's coming, especially as things get more automated on the farm. Just use a combine, for example, or maybe your planner. You're not just going to go flip the switch and write a check and do that tomorrow. It's something you might have to plan for your next combine purchase or maybe the next next set of attachments or things you add to your planner. Well, that might be two years away, especially in the in the world we live in today as far as getting that technology to your farm. And going to events like this, give people an opportunity to see what's new and most importantly, talk about it. Drones have been around for a while, but Colby says things are still advancing in that space. You can't believe 
what the next generation of drones are that are hitting the ground right now. A new one was announced last week. In fact, we'll talk about it at the show that is absolutely game changing for ag. And what I'm talking about is mechanical sensors and easy to do mapping, easy to do, you know, things that you can map beyond what your eyes can see. So NIR and different types of imagery, maybe you want thermal because you've got a ranch and there's just a lot of great things in drones. And the thing that I like the most about them today is anybody can use them and the price point keeps dropping and dropping and dropping. Colby will present on the opening day of the expo, Tuesday the 13th, as well as Wednesday afternoon. You can see the full seminar schedule at HoosierAgToday.com. Again, the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo, presented by Reynolds Farm Equipment and AgriFinancial, December 13th through the 15th at Westfield's Grand Park. We certainly hope to see you there. In other news, the U.S. House and Senate have passed legislation to avert a potential rail strike that could have cost the U.S. economy up to $2 billion per day. And Senator Mike Braun has filed paperwork to run for Indiana governor in 2024. We have these stories and more at HoosierAgToday.com. Still much more to come here on the weekend show. Stick around. This is Hoosier Ag This Week from Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's farm network. Here's your holiday reminder that it's just about time to put out the milk and cookies for my big night. Ho, ho, ho! That's right. Just take a picture of the milk and cookies that you leave out for Santa and post it to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the hashtag SantaDrinksMilk. Use all your social media and be sure you tag at INDairy along with hashtag SantaDrinksMilk. Now let's see those pics with hashtag Santa drinks milk. Ho, ho, ho! Solar energy now provides electricity at costs lower than traditional energy sources, like coal. Hoosiers know that renewable energy has a positive impact on local communities because it creates good jobs and provides tax revenue for public projects like schools, roads, community centers, and high-speed internet to rural Indiana. Solar energy can mean a huge win for our communities. Learn more at HoosiersForRenewables.com. Welcome back to Hoosier Ag This Week. I'm C.J. Miller with Hoosier Ag Today. Well, Tar Spot has been robbing Indiana's corn growers of yield over the past several years. And that's why AgriLiant Genetics, the makers of AgriGold and LG Seeds, recently held a Tar Spot Summit at their corporate headquarters in Westfield, to help tackle this issue. Some unbelievable brainstorming came out of this over the last 24 hours. And that's Mike Cavanaugh, Director of Product Development with AgriLiant Genetics. The Tarspot Summit brought together their company's top agronomist, as well as farmers and local scientists from Purdue, Michigan State, and the University of Wisconsin, all to address the latest developments in fighting off this fungus. You know, we feel like it starts with the seed. It starts with genetics first, and there's nothing that is resistant out there, but um, we're finding products that uh, have excellent tolerance. Mike says AgriLiant Genetics uses nearly 200 pre-commercial research locations to run more than 700 trials on about 400 new products. And it's all with the goal of finding that right corn hybrid that shows the least amount of impact from the disease. Our pre-commercial research is definitely uh, unique to AgriLiant and that's what gives us an edge on products at every maturity. It's what gives our customers an edge whenever they can feel confident 
when we bring a new product out, it's a rock solid product on yield, agronomics, test weight, grain quality, even tolerant to the right diseases in the right environment. Even though heat and drought stress helped to minimize some of the harmful effects of tar spot in 2022, that all could change in 2023. But what we do know is the spread of tar spot has been significant since 2017 and it continues to spread like wildfire across Indiana, north to south, across Illinois, north to south, and even to the west. So we don't know what Mother Nature is gonna do, but we can take a preventative approach and make sure that we have the right products to put in the planter next spring. For more information about the tar spot tolerant hybrids from AgriLion Genetics, visit agrigold.com or lgseeds.com. Well, as we continue looking ahead to next year's growing season, when it comes to making sure your soil health is at its best, one option is to use biological soil health products from Mosaic. Biopath and Power Coat are the biologicals that we're talking about from Mosaic. And that's Matt Souder, Director of Global Agronomy with Plant Response and Mosaic. How do the biologicals work? Both of those products are bacillus-based spore-forming bacteria that are applied to crops. And as they colonize roots, what they do is they solubilize some of the fertility in the surrounding soil. And then they also enable that nutrition to then be taken up by the plant even better. So the biological world is really about taking and maximizing or optimizing your nutrient use efficiency. Matt says there are three major benefits of using these biological soil health products for Mosaic. Biopath and Power Coat have a very sound body of science behind them. They've been tested extensively for five years. We have great testing data actually coming out of Indiana. They are known modes of action, so there's not any guessing. And the third thing that you really need to know as a producer is this fits your operation. Biopath is our water-based liquid formulation that fits your liquid fertilizer programs. If you're putting in side dress or doing in applications, it goes in the tank. It's an easy fix. If you are looking at uh, going out with dry fertilizer, Power Coat is an oil-based formulation that can be applied to dry fertilizer. For more information and to find a dealer near you, visit CropNutrition.com. You can also find a link at HoosierAgToday.com. Well, coming up this month, it's the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo presented by AgriFinancial and Reynolds Farm Equipment. Andy Eubank has more. The Expo is December 13, 14, and 15. Just north of Indianapolis, you'll find new technology and new equipment on the show floor, plus seed company, insurance, and crop insurance experts, even truck parts and building manufacturers. Howard Halderman of Halderman Real Estate and Farm Management says his company has been to this show for at least 15 years. Many of those years, of course, were at the state fairgrounds now out at Grand Park. We don't sell any products, so if you're gonna come and see Halderman, you're gonna ask us about farms we have for sale. You may be interested in what property management services we can provide. Many people, because it's in Indianapolis, stop by to see what we do have for sale or how we can help them find a replacement property for a 1031 exchange. So over the years, I can usually point to at least one contact out of every farm show that led to an opportunity to sell a farm or to help them find a farm to buy. Halderman is one of several who provides a testimonial on the value of the show for both exhibitors and visitors. That video and others are at our indianafarmexpo.com website. The show is going to be full again this year, but those exhibitors are counting on your attendance. In addition to show floor displays, there are free seminars each day packed with real, usable information, insights, and outlooks for the coming year 
year. Thursday only, it's an ag career fair at the Indiana Farm Expo, sponsored by the Indiana State Department of Agriculture. The fair, December 15th, runs from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Expo venue, Grand Park Event Center in Westfield, Indiana. Again, a free show with free parking. I'm Andy Eubank. Thank you, Andy. Well, that does it for this week's edition of Who's Your Ag This Week. Have a great weekend. I'm C.J. Miller. Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm network.